Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing the High Republic Phase 1 with some very special guests. But first, uh, hi, I'm Emily. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at StardustM and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore StardustM. And my brain warm of the week is... Is is Clea being Reese twin sister who traveled between the world between worlds to come to the Republic? <laughs> oh, it's disastrous! <laughs> Thank you, Mac. <laughs> uh, Hayden. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Taika.Waititi, on Twitter and Instagram at MCUYTD, on Hive at BalanceLover69. And my brain room of the week is the Avar Chris to Euro Vega Ancestor Pipeline. I've tweeted about this before. See, Claire knows. Claire knows. It, it, just, it just works out. The, the diadem, like the blonde hair, like, come on. Ancestral balance is when. Anyways, we have some incredibly special guests on our podcast this week. So why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Sage. <laughs> um, <laughs> my pronouns are she, they. And you can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Sage Sindula and on Instagram at sage.sindula. Um, I also host a podcast for Star Wars, um, which comes out every week most of the time. And I am, it, this is a very special day because I'm actually guesting on this podcast with my co-host. Round of applause for Claire, everybody. Anyways, um, my brainworm of the week my brainworm of the week okay actually my brainworm of the day sorry it's not the week I woke up this morning thinking about how Estala Maru and Avar Chris literally banged back in the day and that they're literally in love and that the firebrand polycule is mid compared to them sorry I said it sorry I said it actually I'm not sorry because I'm right <laughs> Claire, so don't true. kill me. Claire's literally going to kill me right now on the podcast. <laughs> We've literally talked about this before and you keep bringing it up. Um, <laughs> my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Kreese, Um, and also on Fulcrum Transmissions with Sage. Um, my brainworm of the week is Bo-Katan not being in the new Mandalorian season three trailer because she was busy kissing women. Um, and so this memo. And you're correct. And you're so correct. That's so true. Like, canonically, that's why she wasn't in it. She had to go visit her wife. She's been gone for a while. It's true. She's at my house right now. Because I'm her wife. Wait, Bo Katan, wife named Ursa Ren. Right, you're so right. Named- you're so right. Bo Katan, wife named Claire Creeks. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I was, I was like, where's the throne shot? And then it just 
That's literally the only thing I wanted like, out of that trailer okay. was just like an HD version of that shot. And then like, she no, should, I need to see I need to see her new haircut in HD. Because I remember at the Lucasfilm showcase panel, they showed that short man the short Mando uh trailer, and she was in it and she had like a nice short bob, but it's just they nowhere to be wig. seen. People, they I literally was receiving wig. messages being like, Claire, they fixed Bo Katan's hair. And I'm like, let me see it then. Where is it? <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> they fear that Bo Katan's fixed hair will be too powerful. And that's why they can't show her in the trailers to the wide, to the wide public. <laughs> she no longer is shackled by a bad wig. <laughs> That's what happened this week. Okay. <laughs> the Mando trailer came out. The Mando trailer came out, and there's a droid bar in it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had a good time with that. Can I actually confess something so toxic of me? Of oh, course. So I asked people, I was like, can someone tell me like if bo did anything in this trailer? And people were like, she's not in it. And then I didn't watch it. Okay. <laughs> um so valid of you to be honest it's kind of no plot just vibes that's what everyone thinks about it and I was like okay well I'll just wait then it was certainly a trailer I would not have paused the Lego Batman movie to watch it anyway (laughs) like it definitely happened I just think that the I the the way that they do Star Wars trailers right now are really interesting Star Wars like any kind of like promotional media guys what are these posters that they're releasing for the bad batch sorry to bring up a literal hell show sorry to bring up the actual hell show the like kaleidoscope they're so bad no the one that was like the rows of clones and that was like oh my the bad batch oh my god that was horrendous i'm sorry yeah yeah it was really bad i don't know what they're doing star wars promotional media no, I think they hired an about- in- they hired an intern on accident. <laughs> we were talking about like the Andor posters, like all of them made sense until they were like two tubes, and we're like, "Where's like Melshi and Brasso? <laughs> like, what's, what's happening? Those are like big characters." <laughs> anyway, the Mando tra- the Mando poster wasn't that bad. I would have loved for Bo-Katan to also be on it. <laughs> It looked like a Lee Bermejo uh, comic cover. Like, you know, the guy who did like the first couple issues of Bounty Hunters? It looks like his style. Or someone someone brought a Boss Logic, you know, like the fan artist. That I can definitely see. And I think there were rumors that he signed a contract with Disney. And if that's one of his, that contract needs to be slashed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really something... There's like one good Ant-Man in the wall or Ant-Man Quantumania. And then the other ones, like the one they just released today, I was like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I have not watched a single Ant-Man Quantumania trailer other than the ones that have shown by the, that have been shown in the theater against my will. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> Ant-Man. I love, I love Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's one of my favorite MCU movies, but the, these trailers, at least, at least I had a good soundtrack though. The, Yellow Brick the rock. Road. Yellow Brick Slay. Road re- remix. Slay Elton John. <laughs> so true. Someone said that the Mando poster, I don't remember who it was. So sorry to be stealing this. Um, but somebody did say that the Mando poster 
looks like the creation of Adam, like the painting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That was just so funny to me for no reason whatsoever. I just know, I just know Lucasfilms was just waiting for The Last of Us to premiere so they could drop this as the ideal Pedro Pascal time. (laughs) That would be true. This is his year. Guys. No, it really is. What am I going to do if I see him at Celebration? (laughs) What if he, what if he's not there actually? If he's not, if he doesn't get announced as a guest, maybe I won't go. Maybe I won't No, because goes up to Pedro Patil at Star Celebration like a full Ellie cosplay. <laughs> like doesn't even mention the Mandalorian. Just like, I loved you in The Last of Us. <laughs> Hear me out, you guys. <laughs> I'm concerned about the the autograph and the photo op lines. If he so does go to <laughs> Celebration. No, that... The whole Tamara Morrison debacle, like that's Tamara Morrison. If Pedro Pascal comes, it it's literally going to break their system. Like the line for Ashley Eckstein, it would be like three times longer. I'm positive. No, it, it's going to be bad. Um, and I will be in it. I'll camp out. <laughs> Sorry. So true. Sorry. <laughs> Rip to everyone be, else. I will be paying someone to get me a Kyle Soller autograph if he is present. So that's a warning to... <laughs> No, he would, I think he's definitely going. If he lives in London and like he has an autograph table, I just the yeah. only thing is I think they might still be filming because they're like filming for a lot. It took it the filming was so long for the first season, and I think they're still going. But yeah. we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. In just hold on, how many days? I'm my counter. 77 days. Have yet to book a flight. Have yet to book a flight. Me too. Anything. (laughs) Anything. Oh, Lord. Just thinking about it gives me a headache, but in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) In a good way. (sighs) Well. Guys, should we start talking about the High Republic? (laughs) probably (laughs) the point of this uh (laughs) episode this collab (laughs) true collab minus live sorry live but (laughs) maybe i haven't read the high republic love you girl love you (laughs) um before we get into like specific characters we'll just kind of go through like uh initially like what drew you uh, to the higher public. For me, I saw a Star Wars book in Barnes and Noble, and I was like, "Hey, that's pretty cool." Uh, fun fact: Light of the Jedi was the first Star Wars book I ever read, like ever. Uh, so, Wookie—I literally had my laptop out with Wikipedia, like looking up all the stuff because I just didn't remember shit. So I was looking it up and then there weren't pictures for anything, which led to me like forgetting the entire plot until I got into the higher public, like in July. So I had to reread it. it. Yeah, I would say Barnes and Noble. Thank you, Bestie. Cause you also had Chaos Rising right next to it. So I got both of those. And then Chaos Rising was the so first true. drum book I read. 
it, okay it was interesting it was that is so interesting Thrawn, yeah I read the Thrawn books really weirdly so this is how I did it I, <laughs> I did Chaos Rising Heir to the Empire Thrawn Thrawn Alliances Greater Good Treason Lesser Evil Wow. No, I, I interspersed that with the legend stuff, which is a really oh. interesting way to read it. Let me tell you. Did you read <laughs> up on flight? No, I did not, but I bought it on Amazon. I have not read it yet. <laughs> I'm very sorry to just Twitter. But no, I know Brad's No, it. me neither. Shout out to you. <laughs> I have no, not I've picked up it. a Legends Thrawn book, and to be quite real, I will not be doing that. I will so not be picking up a Legends book, period. No. <laughs> After Princess and the Scoundrel, I'm very sorry to Legends fans, but I am not inclined to continue reading Legends. <laughs> Bless y'all, that read, shit was so bad, though. <laughs> I read half of um, Rule of Two uh, about Darth Bane and Darth Zana. Oh! And, um, Otor? Guys, mm. guys, if you ever want to read the mo- the worst portrayal of a 10-year-old girl you could ever possibly imagine. You should read <laughs> Rule of Two by Drew Capshaw. Um, guys, why... I'm sorry. Why are men writing 10-year-old girls? Why do they think they can no, do it? No, it should be illegal. That's what I want to know. It should be no, illegal. it's bad. It's bad. I'm like... It's, he you don't literally need to. Was like, he literally was like, let me leave this dark side ridden child on this planet and then I'm gonna make her find Darth Bane across the fucking galaxy by herself and I was like realistic so true uh <laughs> me too 10 years old me too oh my gosh I, I literally put it down I didn't finish it <laughs> so bad <laughs> yeah I have also read exactly one legends book and it was the Last of the Jedi, Master of Deception which I'm pretty sure was like not the first book in like a series um no but Bray Organa was it (laughs) so true wait I lied I literally lied I have read another Legends book you guys the 2008 Clone Wars novelization (laughs) no you did that doesn't exist that that actually doesn't exist that's not real I blocked her out of my head Karen something oh Karen Travis Karen Travis Karen Travis Travis, if I see you girl (laughs) why are you racist (laughs) Like it's embarrassing. I, uh, no, straight up. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Isn't she like a turf too? Probably. Yeah. Like recently. <laughs> Probably. I don't keep up with her. <laughs> Block out no, of my I... mind, actually. I unfortunately bought all of the Republic Commando books before I found out that Karen Travis was Karen Travis. So they are just simply sitting on my bookshelf at home gathering dust. <laughs> I actually lied. I also read this one Legends comic. I don't remember what it was called, but I saw that Bo-Katan was in it, and I was like, okay, Slay. So true. She actually really wasn't in it that much, Um, but there was, like, this little Jedi Padawan and this clone who were friends, and they were cute, so it was pretty good, but that was enough for me. <laughs> Another Legends thing I've read, Star Wars 1977. I'm sure you guys saw the panels on the timeline. Let me tell you. Issues 1 through 30 were interesting, puzzling even. But after the Empire Strikes Back adaptation, 
literally some of the best Star Wars. I don't know what changed from the first chunk to like the last two chunks, but it it was a variation. But anyway, let's talk about the higher public again. So true. Sorry. Okay, wait. Can you hear me okay again? Or no? Yes. Okay, Slay. That's so good. Every these headphones are not my favorite. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, let's talk about the higher republic. Obsessed. Um, where should we start? Oh, um, I think we were. I said, what? Okay, we could. What's your favorite book or comic of phase oh, one? Okay, um, I really like Midnight Horizon and The High Republic Adventures. Um, I know that could be shocking because I never talk about it, um, ever on the internet. But those are my favorite. Th- this okay. is a revelation. I'm actually about to give a revelation because. My answer to this has changed since, like, we did all our higher public phase one stuff on Fulcrum Transmissions. Um, but my favorite book slash comic of phase one was The Rising Storm, because I reread it, like, 20 times after the phase ended, and I was like, no, this is actually, like, the greatest thing I've ever read in my entire life, so. That track but you have yeah uh, like, not surprising it's midnight horizon by it's like so a true. pretty wide margin yeah, and then also because i just read it in an attempt to like read a little bit more i loved trail of shadows i feel like people were not really hyping that good. up enough when it came out that shit was so good trail i love emmerich so good and Cy- uh Cian? Cian? i think like, either way love them I was like why did we just get like five issues with them when they should have been like a main staple of the entire phase in my opinion <laughs> you're so right about that I miss Trail of Shadows remember remember when I dropped that one preview um where <laughs> uh stop <laughs> guys I literally I, can't I, stop thinking about it I can't that's I think about it every day <laughs> that's my my brain of, of my year. life is is that one panel where Emery hinted yeah. at the fact that Stellan and Avar <laughs> hooked up in the past? Yeah, yeah. Remember like, when they did that, and then remember when that happened, and then the fallen star, they just like didn't mention it or didn't like didn't really mention anything about Avar. We really Stellan. thought that was building up, and then they were like, "We really did." We were like, "Wow!" We were like wow this is a revelation the fallen star is gonna be so messy it's gonna be so messy and dramatic with the firebrands no and like i literally wanted that for them i like, did it and it's so just good. like and then it's just being elzar being like i love avar and stellina so much and then like stellina is not thinking either. literally and avar's missing. not present she is gone <laughs> she is not there um She's girl bossing somewhere else, apparently. <laughs> she got girl bossed to the comics. <laughs> Good for her, honestly. Good for her. No, because I think about that last comic panel of the High Republic run every day oh, of my so life. So good. It is yeah. so good. I want. I think about. I think it was issue. I don't remember if it was issue thirteen or fourteen that had the moment between Keeve and Avar where Keeve was like, "You don't have to be perfect all the time." I think about it constantly. Like she literally life changing. <sighs> I'm gonna go reread that immediately after I'm yeah. done. Actually, I think I'm gonna reread the whole run. Actually, that was. So I think good. so too. 
<laughs> I yeah. need that. Rereading the whole run after reading all the YA books was like an experience because I kind of knew what was going on now because like when it was coming out, right? I had only read like the adult books. So I didn't know what the fuck the, the Drangir was. I didn't know who the hell Orla Dureni was. I didn't know who the hell Comac and Wreath were. I didn't know. I, I basically didn't know anything that was going on. So seeing it now, it was like Leonardo DiCaprio pointing Jiffing like every panel or two, <laughs> literally every single panel. Just me seeing Ram in Trail of Shadows. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I read Trail of Shadows yesterday on my day off and then I read it this morning at work and it was like the the dots were they connecting so good the bake-off like guys literally life-changing <laughs> cultural reset that issue changed me fundamentally on a chemical level <laughs> Storytelling <laughs> at its literal finest. Um, I'm obsessed with that. Oh, so true. <laughs> hey, what was your favorite? Oh, okay. It's been a, a long time since I read the adult books, but I recently read the YA books. Um, I have to say, oof, I think Into the Dark might be my favorite book. Either Into the Dark or Rising Storm. I consumed Into the Dark. I, if you looked at my little, my little tabs, it was like full of them, like just green tabs all around. Um, and then Rising Storm, I have not read since July, 2021. However, I still enjoyed it from when I read it. And the, the ending had me screaming, crying, throwing up. Every, so true. Yeah. every single time I read it. Really? I yeah. think Rising Storm is the one that I reread the most. I've probably read it about three or four times. And every time it hits, every single time. That was also that was also when like we found out about the leveler. Like yeah. oh, and, then, I will, and then I went I will, literally insane. <laughs> I will never forget the fact that you were just like straight spot on. on. Like the way that you had this theory, and it was just like exactly what it was. <laughs> like I've never seen a more accurate fan theory I literally think that one of the first times that Sage and I talked like one-on-one was after I finished the rising storm and I like messaged them and was like don't you have some theories about the leveler can I hear them Mm -hmm. that was like one of the first times we spoke yeah let me tell you my entire leveler theory I have like annotations in that book just for the leveler it's so bad I'm guys the leveler is my little guy um I really do love well I guess there's multiple whenever I thought it was one my controversial opinion okay is that I um wish there was still only one leveler <laughs> at the end of the Wait, ball, no, yeah at the end I, I see think, that I don't know if it was the bone star or eye of the storm or whatever when they were like when Marky on row was like I know where to get more and I was like more what? More what? <laughs> I know you're no, not talking about the leveler because it would hit so much leveler. better with like with like phase two if it's like this is the original. If it's the leveler same leveler yeah. out of the ice. But then in the fallen star, they were like, oh my god, there's like 30 levelers on Starlight Beacon. I was like, oh huh? <laughs> so they're like dogs. <laughs> they're like, fucking they're like, dogs. Okay. <laughs> well, like 
guys, the first time we saw like what the leveler actually looked like was in Trail of Shadows. And that yeah! panel, that panel ruined me. I was like, oh my god, this is what the leveler looks like. Leveler. Leveler. That's it. There's not it's not the levelers. Stop. It's not plural. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know if even until just right now I understood. <laughs> I had just been like, there's one, and it just moves fast. <laughs> the one I think it was like Trail of Shadows yesterday. I was like, oh, there were two. <laughs> there's like actually a lot. There's like, there's like a good dozen on Starlight Peak. Because <laughs> even reading Path of Deceit, I was like, oh, she has one. And it's the one that yeah. the- <laughs> No, like that's the leveler. That is the period. Leveler. Three I, I with two like- E's. I do like the idea of that leveler from Path of Deceit being the one that they pulled out of the ice in the Rising exactly. Storm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. And then I wish it was the one that was on Starlight Beacon and then fell into the ocean. And that's it, you guys. That's it. Full circle. <laughs> so true. Guys, I love the High Republic. Like, I, I feel like every time I start talking about it, I just, like, start think- talking about things I don't like. I, we I love, love it. it. <laughs> it's because it's so good that when something like not good happens, it's really like normally in Star Wars, something like stupid will happen, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. But like in the High Republic, it's rare. So <laughs> when it does happen, yeah. I'm like, oh, so true. You're so right. Um. Next, we'll get into. We'll break this down like we do most of our books, which is we'll just get into characters because we figured that was the best way to like cover all of it. So first, we'll kind of start out with the ones that are mainly in the adult books, the High Republic comics, and then uh, Trail of Shadows. And then we'll get into the YA middle grade and adventures because that's where most of like the crossover happens, uh, except for a few characters. Uh, but I we can we'll talk about these characters individually, but we will start out with. Uh, the fire brands first. So Avar, uh, Elzar, and Stelina. <laughs> so true. I'll start talking about Avar because I have a feeling that Claire is going to really want to talk about Elzar. Uh, don't give me that face. <laughs> um, Avar, Chris, really, I'm so sorry that most people don't understand you. I get you. I understand you on a deep level and I am obsessed with you. Um, she's a girl boss. She also um, is one of, I was talking to friend of the pod, Ollie at Ollie Fresh today. And I was, we were, well, we were talking about Stalamaru and Avar and how they're in love. But, <laughs> but I, 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 we thought we brought up a good point that Avar is a character who is connected to almost every single person in phase one in some way. She obviously has like yeah. relate like close relationships like the Firebrands, Asalamaru, like people who are on Starlight, Heave, Skier. And then they she also though is brought up by almost every single character. Even people who have mm-hmm. met her in passing are so like they idolize her. They have this concept of her that is like this savior, this person that can do no wrong, that connects all of them literally through the force. Um, And I think that that is her main fault is that it gets to her head and she Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. believe through 
as as the series goes on you can see her devolving into this person who thinks that she needs to be perfect and that she needs mm-hmm. to save everybody and that she is alone in that journey where there are people around her a salamaru um and sorry and she trended <laughs> okay and keeb it's it's all in keeb really um that can help her and and are willing to and she still believes even up towards the end that it's just her and that's why like claire brought up earlier that panel where keeve was like you don't have to be perfect is such a monumental moment in the entire phase i love that moment and and the end panel of higher public main series of of her um and keeve god i love avar chris you guys she's actually everything so sorry people hate her for no reason i don't get why people are like avar literally had no character development uh-huh <laughs> read the oh, book they, oh they did not also okay so interesting just, i think people like consider like character development character development is not always when a character goes through a positive change sometimes yes. character development is when yeah. a character I don't want to say becomes worse, but like there is something like you're saying, like basically like as she takes on more responsibility, she feels this pressure to be perfect. And that is kind of her ultimate downfall. That's character development. Like, I don't know. It's just just because she doesn't become like. She's not uh, a character who has growth necessarily. She's a character mm -hmm. who becomes disillusioned. Yeah. And that's still a kind Mm -hmm. of development. It's just, it's just not a forward development, you know? she devolves and it's, and it's just as important mm-hmm. and, th- and especially in a series where you have so many characters and, and so many characters who do progress and grow in like that way it is good to have balances in characters like Avar who are like that because it also means that more people will be able to relate to you know a wider swath of characters mm-hmm right and she's a character who I think goes through a lot of trauma throughout the whole series and I mean every single character is going through it right things are happening to everybody not even just the adult book characters like even in adventures in the middle grade books like there are some really dark things that are happening um to all to kids but I think that something in text in the media is that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to what Avar is going through. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people are paying attention to say Elzar or Belle, um, which is great for them. Super grateful that they had a support system um, throughout the entire series. But Avar, who was separating herself from all of these people, because she thought that she had to keep everything to herself and control everything that was going on a lot of people kind of just brushed it off like oh she's star she's the marshal she is mm-hmm. starlight like it's fine and the people who realized it were Astala and Keeve and um you even you even have like that little moment in in the main Marvel run where Astala is like Keeve keep an eye on her when they go on the mission or mm-hmm. whatever and I just think that's really interesting because there is not another character in the High Republic who is like that, who never really has somebody. She never, she never has, Avar never has a conversation with anybody other than that one, like, 
page with Keith. She never has a conversation with a, another person about what has happened to her. And I mm-hmm. think that's really interesting that that would be written like that, um, which is another reason why I think a lot of people misinterpret her character and think like, oh, she had no development. And I'm like, no, the development is there. It's just implicit. Just because she doesn't have a full conversation with somebody like, say, Belle or Elzar or Stellan about what's going on in her life, she still has development. You can see like how it wears her down. A lot of her story is also told through visual storytelling because she's mm-hmm. mostly in comics. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you can't quote that. You just have to show the pictures. You just have to look. You just have to look, you guys. It's really it's really there. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, I don't know. I just love her a lot. And I think it's really interesting how they uh, set that up. I also, I just think about sometimes, I'm like, ugh. Remember when Vallow happened, you guys? Do you guys remember that? When, like, the Nihil attacked that city? It was bad, you know? Like, there was really bad stuff happening. And Avar wasn't there. Do you guys remember that? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Literally, (laughs) crazy time to be Avar Chris. Because where was she? She was inside the drink here, you guys. It was was going through her mouth into her nose and out her nose and mouth. Ew. Are you kidding me? And while that was happening, the Nihil were attacking and people were dying. And then everyone was like, mm, Avar wasn't there for Elzar when he needed her. Guys, she, she was has her own stuff. <laughs> and then no one ever talked about it again, like in the media. No one was like, hey, are you okay? You literally were like in the Drengear. I think that's gross. No one ever did that. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Well, I love her. A lot. I think that like her not being on Vallow honestly was probably like one of the most interesting things about her character arc True. because every mm-hmm. single person in like the whole Jedi Order who was on Vallow knew that if she was there, it wouldn't have been as bad. And mm-hmm. she also knew that. Mm-hmm. And people are like, I don't understand why she's like doing bad things now and I'm like because literally every person she interacts with knows that she could have stopped or not like stopped the Nihil but like so made like it, it not it that bad she could have definitely put a dent in them the exactly yeah, it's, it's but she wasn't there she's like it's the pressure of being a hero that she has on her because mm-hmm. you know she's considered like after what happened with the great disaster you know she is like yeah, the person and everyone's like, wow, she's so powerful. She's so great. And now she has that pressure on herself for like every mistake that she makes, every everything that she, every bad thing that happens that she can't be there to help is just like 10 times worse on her because she feels like she should be able to be there or she should have been able to do that. And like, yeah, and then that causes her to, you know, push herself and do things that maybe other people would frown upon but because she is just trying to live up to like what everyone expects her to be and what she expects herself to be and I think another thing with that too is that Avar is literally the first Jedi that we get introduced to in the High Republic like Light of the Jedi she is the first one to make an appearance and she like calls into whoever I don't remember whose chapter that was it's on Hetzel and like people are hopeful just from hearing from a Jedi. And the fact that that Jedi was Avar Chris is not a coincidence in terms of like her entire character arc because people are like, 
oh, Ava, Ava Chris is like the hero of Hetzal. She's the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. Like if she's around, we're going to be totally fine. And that is not, one person cannot take that on. Like it literally just can't be done. And so when she starts to realize that there are things and like forces that they're going up against that she can't handle on her own, that is going to be extremely detrimental to her because her entire time up to this point in the Jedi Order has been people looking to her and saying that like she can do everything, she can save anyone. And now she's faced with a situation that she cannot fix. And that's how we get to her literally almost like killing Lorna D and fighting Keep Trennis. So true. I also think something that was very prevalent in phase one of the High Republic was how different Jedi be the force. Um, and it's, mm. and it was yeah. made to, it was written in a way that was like, Hey guys, this is really important. Like how people see the force. And that is so purposeful because how does Avar see the force? She says music. She is always hearing, like literally hearing the force. Um, and guys it's really it's really dark so she literally is like not on Valo like like Claire was saying and how that like really affected her because the main issue on Valo was that people couldn't hear each other because there was no comms Mm -hmm. and that would have been what she was doing would be connecting everyone through the force and then we have the leveler and which takes away your force abilities sucks them out of you um and and she it, imagine literally always hearing something like in your ears all the time and then all of a sudden not being able to it's, it's just gone exactly it's like that must be like deafening literally like she could not move through the world like she has been doing for 35 years and I think it's really interesting that they did that and then had that happen um and then the comms were all a mess on starlight too you guys i can't think about starlight mm-hmm. anymore i can't it's really bad it's dark it hurts rest in peace out. baby cakes <sighs> i can't guys how long until stage starts crying on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i just have we just haven't talked about phase one in so long it's been almost a year i think and i miss no crazy sometimes i, I just out of forget since, uh midnight horizon came out yeah <laughs> no sometimes when i talk about it i just forget how like deeply it impacted me right like, beyond just like this is really good i love these characters but like on a like real emotional level in like my actual life it had a genuine impact on me so when I start talking about it again, and I know like when phase three comes out and these characters start coming back, it's going to be like emotionally overwhelming mm-hmm. because exactly. I have like a genuine attachment to this, sp- this specific like group of characters that were in phase one. And so whenever I start talking about them, I'm just like, oh man, I'm feeling things. Yeah, no. Lives were changed. Like literally me and Claire started talking because of the High Republic, um, which is crazy. And then, yeah, I have my job because of the High Republic, which is super great. Like, my physical life has been altered by this series. Um, And so, yeah, we haven't talked about it in a while. And we need to start doing that again. Maybe let's start doing Girl Boss of the Week episodes on on High Republic women. We literally are, like, this week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone... Stay tuned on Monday for Fulcrum Transmissions. Come <laughs> week episode. Um, 
Okay, in my defense, I'm literally re- recording four podcasts this week. I'm doing this one, Fulcrum Transmissions, Cowboys and Slaybots, and I was on one last night for The Last of Us, so. No, I also am recording three podcasts this week, so. It's a lot. Yeah. The, the life of a Star Wars TikTok micro-influencer, you guys. So true. <laughs> <Hooked and> busy. <laughs> What is the life of a Star Wars TikTok micro-influencer if not getting on invited on all your friends' podcasts? No, exactly. exactly. And I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what's next on our... Did everyone answer the question? Uh, the Was other... There question? There's there no question? question. We're just talking about characters. Okay. The other... Uh, we still have the other uh, five brands. So we have Elzar and Stellina. Uh, Claire, if you would not like to talk about Elzar. <laughs> I actually would like to talk about Arzar. I'm getting about now. Oh my god. Speaking about moments in the High Republic that like altered my brain chemistry and like made me feel a lot of emotions. Let's talk about Star Wars 2020 issue 20 because let me let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I'm being so genuine right now when I say that I have not had it an emotional my response like that to a piece of media since I read Mocking Jay in like 2012. <laughs> and like, if you know me, so you know that, like that is a big deal. But like, I, I literally remember it so vividly because we were on a Discord call with a bunch of people and I was literally on mute because I was like (laughs) sobbing like I physically could not be quiet because I was crying so hard but I just Elzar man when I think about him I literally want to start crying because like and I it's so bad because so many of his fans first of all like hate Avar Chris which like how are you going to be an Elzar fan and hate Avar like that doesn't make sense to me and also now. are just his his song simply just wrong about him. Like I hate to sound like I'm gatekeeping right now, but like I just I okay like haha so funny. Elzar Man had sex in the Rising Storm. Yes, I agree. It was funny. I laughed. Can we move on though? Can we actually move on because he was literally had the best moment in that book. Like in in my opinion, my favorite moment in the entire High Republic was him in that book asking Stellan for help yes. and only people only want to talk about how he had sex and I'm like guys like and like can we talk about it? why that moment was important like it's not it wasn't important because like oh he, he he's a Jedi and he like had sex with someone and it's in Star Wars so it's funny but it's important because like he is not doing well in that book he's doing actually so terribly and it comes to like the breaking Man's was point going through it up exactly and I'm like oh makes me so mad also I will just say being an Elzar Man fan is just accepting that the second half of the fallen star is actually not canon to me personally um and I I really I become my own worst enemy here because I literally hate when people like their favorite character does something problematic and they were like oh that was like so like the writer literally like didn't understand them and like they would never do that because most of the time I'm like no they literally would and like it's fine however tell me what tell me where how we got here (laughs) tell me how we got to Elzar man cutting Chance Yarrow in half because the entire book and I like Claudia Gray slayed with writing Elzar man the first half of that book I was like eating it up because He's like 
not magically recovered. And I think that that's very important. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, in between these two books, he got better. And he's literally like cut, like pulling back from the force because he knows that if he starts using the force fully again, like it will be bad for him and detrimental to him mentally. And I was like, so true. And then at the end of the book, he was just like, I'm going to cut a woman in half. Hello? Why? And then the book just ended. Girl, You're what is going on? a crucial part, Claire. Across the stars. No, I'm not. No, I'm, that didn't happen. That <laughs> Across didn't happen. The stars plays first. <laughs> yeah, he has a romantic reunion with Avar. Shut up. Sorry, I'm getting so vicious. But like, I, and it's only because I just like, the, him in the rising storm like means so much to me again outside of just like oh this is a fictional character with like a nice story arc because like like not to project onto fictional characters but like yeah I'm gonna project onto <laughs> a fictional character if he's just like me for real and he's so like true exactly and then in the fallen star I was like that's not me I didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> I would never rip to Elzar but I'm different literally literally I yeah but no Star Wars issue 20 so true that is that is my Elzar man I don't know what's going on in the fallen star that's not my Elzar this is my Elzar is the Elzar man that told (laughs) Luke Skywalker that he doesn't have to be a Jedi if that's not the right path for him are you actually kidding me yeah literally that is literature that, that is, is literature. Of, yeah. I do think that that issue, I haven't read any of Star Wars 20 except for that issue um, because we were on the Discord call and I was like, well, I have to so read true. it, I guess. Um, <laughs> love you, Charles Soule, so much. Um, <laughs> I just can't read comics right now. <laughs> but that issue, I do think, was probably <laughs> one of the best moments in Star Wars, period. No, like, at absolutely. Least moments in, in the entire franchise. It was phenomenal. Um, and now when I think of Luke Skywalker, I think of that moment. I think of Elzar Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then remember yeah. the, was it right after that, I think that episode of The Mandalorian where <laughs> Grogu had to like pick between being a Oh Stop, my god. That, literally, I was like, <laughs> it's like the Luke, same remember when Elzar, Remember when you met Elzar Man mm-hmm. and he was like, mm-hmm. I was like, you guys. God, no, it was so much for I, me. I, that was a really that was a rough time to be a High Republic fan while watching The Mandalorian because you were like, Luke wouldn't do this. I know. I know. <laughs> Never. Because I read the comics, you guys. Okay, no, remember that part of um, that actually? issue where Luke was like, where Luke was talking about like people falling to the dark side and Elzar like looked at the camera and was like, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> why would you write that Charles soul why Charles would you write that okay, no but the thing was is that happened <sighs> before the fallen star right and then we were all thinking no one was like oh Elzar is gonna turn to the dark side again no one was thinking that everyone was like oh Abar's gonna turn to the <laughs> dark was. side in the fallen star that's and what we, I've said literally we what all I've... thought we all thought that it was gonna be Abar and oh my god I wanted it to be so badly you guys there's so something about a woman who has just been beaten down by the world around her and has no support and has so much pressure on herself turning evil there's something about that that just is like music. Haha. 
funny pun because get it? She's very serious. The fourth is I'm so sorry. But I'm serious. And it didn't happen. Which okay, I really did enjoy how that comic ended. Okay, I really did. Um and I love that moment with Keeve and I love the last panel. Um however I do think that in another world Avar Chris does turn evil. You guys, she's so everything. I'm obsessed with that woman. Anyways, love her so much. But yeah, no one thought that Avar, or not that Avar, that Elzar was gonna, um, except for Emily, I guess. I did. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, because my thing was like, I was like, oh, Stellina or Avar is gonna die and he's gonna absolutely lose it. Um, which part of that happened. And both, both of those things happened individually, but they were unconnected. I literally don't get it because he fully like cut a woman down just for breathing but then when his literal best friend slash boyfriend slash like the person he was closest to in the entire world died he was like this is so chill guys like I'm actually so much better now that I'm thinking about it the thing about no Elzar. you're not sir get back on that <laughs> island with orla jereni like you don't get, get to be here right oh now. wait you can't because <laughs> she's dead too stop <laughs> remember the when thing okay about- i'm so sorry remember when oh, stellan died and yeah. didn't think about vernestra Rowe but thought about orla no. jereni like i love orla jereni i too would think about her as i was in my dying moments in my dying moments i would think of orla jereni but like sir you do have a pal let's let's as we're we're talking about this let's switch the conversation over to stellan for a minute because (laughs) sir this man okay i love his character arc so much i think he's a great character and i wish we could see more of him however his arc post mm, I'd say post trail of shadows was so messy it was so messy and in the beginning I was like wow this is really like this is really interesting how his character has from where we've seen him last um in trail of shadows because remember with the trail of shadows when um him and Avar like were in the same panel and Avar was mad. Yeah. Okay, no, no, let me actually <laughs> talk about this. Mm-hmm. They because... were like, literally, it was remarked on. They're like, wow, that's really uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of both Stellan and Avar's arcs is like the breakdown of their friendship towards the end of phase one. And people on the internet were literally like, I'm on Stellan's side. I'm on Avar you're not supposed to pick sides they're both wrong they're literally both wrong oh that was literally the best thing that ever happened like they're literally both wrong their own ideas about what should like happen get in the way of like also people okay because avar would always like like they would have these arguments and avar would bring up valo and people were like Oh my God, she's literally like throwing his trauma in his face. It's her trauma too. Oh my God, she's literally get me started her on trauma that. too. And I'm that. not saying that she never did anything wrong. I'm not gonna sit here and be like Avar Chris was literally perfect, and I never disagree with her ever. But I'm also not gonna say that about Stellan because he was in the wrong too. Period. Absolutely. And we literally know this because in the Fallen Star, when he tells her that she got fired as Marshal of Starlight Beacon, which I accidentally manifested. Sorry. Um. <laughs> He was like, <laughs> it literally is in his POV. And he's like, why do I feel kind of good about this right now? Yeah. Why do I feel kind of good about this right now? Because he's not a perfect person and neither is right. she. 
Exactly. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, like they're almost too similar and that's what gets in their way. And I also think that's why Elzar feels so attached to both of them because I think like that's the whole thing is like he's attached to them. They're very similar. And that's why he feels this connection very deeply to both of them. But then that's what like causes tension between the two of them. I think, especially with like their egos and the fact that like, they're both kind of held up as like, you know, Avar is this hero of the great disaster of, of Hetzel and Stellina is this, uh, is the, is the young guy on the Jedi council. Who's like holding everything together and like trying to help the, um, the chancellor as like stuff falls apart. So like they both have like this immense pressure on them and then it gets in the way of, you know, their friendship and actually being able to like communicate and share what the actual issue is. And I think they kind of just like end up taking out their frustrations on each other. And then like feeling like they're kind of in that competition almost like with Elzar, it's like, oh, or um, so it was like, it feels kind of good to be Marshall after Avar got fired. <laughs> like that's very validating for me. <laughs> so true. I also think, I think that Stellan as a character is just, oh, guys, I love him so much. I think that he is a very complicated man. Um, however, like I was, like I was saying earlier, it's a mess in like after he appears in Trail of Shadows. And I, I do think a lot of it is intentional. Um, because because um, you know, he's he's flailing, you know, he's like one of his best friends, Elzar Man, has just turned to the dark side, had a dark side moment, asked him for help. He was a very he's very vulnerable, and and Stellan had to witness that. And that's and that's a good thing for both of them. Like that's a healthy thing to do is ask your friend for help but also like that whole ordeal was already so like Valo is was already so traumatizing for Stellan um Mm. and so he had to deal with all of that plus he has Avar his other best friend and lover um old lover I guess whatever (laughs) and they're all dating it doesn't matter um they she's off and won't tell him what's going on won't tell anyone what's going on because she's on this crusade to find Lorna D who she thinks is responsible for um Valo which she could not which she could not be at which she could not save people from which is a very like I don't want to say it's a valid response but it's a a response to that makes sense you know Mm -hmm. and he but he doesn't understand that because he was there and he did everything he could on Valo um yeah he just he I think something about Stellan which has been since the rising storm it's not just something that was in the fallen star is that he tends to get tunnel vision very easily um mm-hmm. it happened when in the in the rising storm when he was when all the fog was there and he was like trying to get Lena so out of there it was like he could only focus on one thing and that one thing was oh I need to like it was only his perspective for so much of that and as soon as he got out of that situation and got Lena so to safety or actually not to safety she like almost died um but you know you know what I mean it's fine um she lived and um <laughs> sorry I almost said he drowned <laughs> he drowned <laughs> drowned <laughs> he drowned still in the geos did drown <laughs> he's kind of like the original he drowned no he really he, oh, he actually drowned like when you he, think about he, it he, he actually he, he, he drowned <laughs> guys did you know he, he drowned 
finished what I was talking about. Anyways, Stellan has problems, but I love him anyways. And they all have problems. Remember? No, they're they're <laughs> messy. That's what, okay. This is what I miss about phase one that I don't believe is prevalent in phase two or any other Star Wars media for that matter. Is that phase one was messy, not narratively. Narratively, most of it was really tight. But the mm-hmm. characters themselves and their interpersonal relationships, oh man, everyone had beef with somebody. Everyone had beef with someone. Yeah. Everyone wanted to kill someone. Everyone wanted to hook up with someone. Like it was so crazy. <laughs> Everything was so crazy. You're like, <laughs> and now you're like, yeah. why are you as Jedi having this much beef? It is so good, and that's why it was it's so, so refreshing. At, like before we had the High Republic, we had a very narrow version of what we thought Jedi were right we have mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and we have like Ray, who's just a Claire get out of there Claire so true Claire giving mocking day so true yeah, Claire it's just it's it's really so, just like the quarter quell it's giving that one get scene out. in Mockingjay after Peta has been hijacked when he tells Finnick that he's gonna steal Annie from him <laughs> yeah I was like, or it's like the corner quell where that one guy just comes and like kisses Katniss right on the like lips right after Finnick like flirts with her. And oh like, my god, so true. <laughs> the scene in the elevator and catching fire. <laughs> what basically what we're saying like, is everyone's messing with you because you're just so pure. Is wait what? Is can't do it. Yeah. Johanna Basin is sort of Elzar coded if you think about it. No, no, okay, so that's literally what I was going to say. I think Uh, in that elevator scene, I think that Elzar Man (laughs) is Joanna, Selen is Katniss, (laughs) Ava Ava Who's Hamid? Um, Hamid is Emric. Emric. Exactly. I was gonna say Emric's not as messy, but Emric is just like having his own like internal struggle of like, I mean, I think I'm in love with this like woman and I really can't do anything about it, but he doesn't have beef with like other Jedi. I think that Emric should enter his Hamish Abernathy arc in phase three of the High Republic, um, except for the part where his girlfriend dies. She needs to stay, but everything else. He just he mentors the young kids and has a uh, has a hot wife. And has a hot so wife. <laughs> I really I feel that for him. Guys, I can't with this. Guys, I need okay, what I need from phase three, okay? I need I need them to bring up the fact that Vern lost her master slash dad. Like, are you oh. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, that's my I need them to bring up the fact that Vern and Imri are like unaccounted for. We don't know. We don't know what were they on the Ataraxia? Were they not? Did Imri disappear? Like what are they they together? Are they separated? We don't know. We don't know what happened. I just think it's gonna be funny when in phase three they were just like, oh, we're just like on some planet. Like we just like heard the news. (laughs) (laughs) We're fine. Like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> we were just on Takadana with Sylvester and Jordana. Oh, true. And that's yeah. exactly where they were. And they were meeting Maz Kanata. I wrote a, a fanfiction yeah. once where Syl and Jordana had to babysit Imri during the oh fall I've heard this. I've heard this. I love Remember that. Me I love that. <laughs> we used to have, like, in the peak of, like, Phase 1 High Republic media coming out, we used to have fanfic nights 
where we would all like write a fanfic and like share it on a discord call those were some good stories (laughs) okay doing that core memory is um fern i don't oh my god what is fern i don't know fern's social media handles but they're on star wars english class um and they wrote this fic about like Oh my god, it was like Avar having Avar. a conversation with Stellan like post his death. Playing Dejaric. Playing Dejaric. I like We're that is fighting. like the most emotional response I've ever had to a piece of literature. And it was like a fan fiction that Fern <laughs> wrote. Like I think about it every single day. It was, was so good. It was on Fluff Night too. We had a yeah. our theme was Fluff Night, and she wrote the most gut-wrenching. But it was also like weirdly healing. It was. No, like, it, it was, was so good. It, it was uh, right after the Fallen Star came out. That. And so we were all really having a meltdown. And and they were like, oh, let me write this <laughs> this really sad story, but that has a healing ending. Um, so we can, you know, all move on from the fact that Del and Geos died and that instead of anybody really grieving his death. They played across the stars while Stellan and Avar, or not Stellan, Avar and Elzar hugged on the beach. As Let Starlight me tell is you, into those. Star Wars audiobooks need to be banned from using across the stars. Like, tell me <laughs> why, when I was listening to Master and Apprentice last year, when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were talking, tell me why they played across the stars. Tell it's me why. It's not for you. Anyway, Mark Thompson, love you. I will. I refuse to listen to audiobooks now. I'm sorry. Mark Thompson, that's not your fault, Mark Thompson. You don't pick the music. <laughs> um, if there's nothing else to say about the firebrands, uh, we'll move over to the other sort of section of the adult books, which is uh, Bell. An associated master crew. (laughs) (laughs) Bell and friends. Full confession. (laughs) Bell and friends. (laughs) Let me tell you, on Sir Bell, who I have not read since I read The Fallen Star last year. I'm very sorry. But I remember this vividly. I was listening to an episode of Fulcrum Transmissions, the one where you were doing What's the... That? Shut what up. Is that? Sorry, I'm sorry. I need to shut up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it was the episode where you were doing the ships and Sage, you brought Bell Reef. Let me tell you, since reading the YA books, I need it to happen. I've I've seen the vision. It just it just works. Like he doesn't have a support system because everyone just keeps fucking dying. I'm sorry, bestie. But it No, th- you're wrong. Just- you're wrong, Hayden. Um Paige, literally shut up. Literally <laughs> don't finish that sentence. Finish it. Buriaga, Buriaga <laughs> is missing. He's not he's missing. Wait, he won. A, That's the Oh no, Indira is. is she's still alive. Yeah. Oh, she's still alive. In a coma for the entirety of entire her. But she is alive. She's alive. She just. Uh, okay. She was just I'm out thinking. of action. <laughs> Remember Indira's how they spoiled that in the last excerpt that they released from Del Rey? Yes. What was that? It was like two weeks before 
the song came out and they were like, here you guys go. Indira Spence gets leveled. What? Miss Girl was like front and center on the cover of that book too. No, she was. And that is why I don't read excerpts anymore. That's why I only read yeah, I don't literally read same. I don't read them anymore because of that. Everyone yeah. on the Fallen Star cover except for Belle got leveled. <laughs> That's bad. Technically Stella was Stella on the cover? Yeah. He, yeah. he got leveled. Like Oh, I forgot. No way. Okay. Well, well, he drowned. I forgot he was he I forgot drowned. he was like he, he, actually like, drowned. he drowned. He actually drowned. He actually drowned, remember. Um, Unclear. Oh see, see, okay, so here's the thing about Stellan. Sorry to bring it back, but um, I know that he's alive. Um, guys, I'm, I'm, we did see a body. I can't say that, actually, on the podcast. But I, I do think that he is um, not alive because, um, one, yes, Hayden, you're so right. We didn't see a body. But two, they were like, oh, we can't feel him in the force anymore. Guys, he's next to the leveler. Duh. Duh. <laughs> you didn't survive that. You didn't tell me. Tell me right now that Stellan Geos did not survive that. Guys, it's Stellan Geos, sir. He's alive. Anyways, can't wait to see him again in Phase Three. Let's talk about Belle Zetivar. So true. He's, he's like a funky. He's 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 a fucking little dude who just goes through like so much trauma. And it's so funny when you consider like his entire thing in the first book was just like gotta learn how to jump. Uh, and then it's like and then here's and then it's like do that and then and then it's like here's every here's like the worst possible stuff that a person can imagine <laughs> happening to just you and it's like oh cool thanks I will boy. say I remember oh, no go ahead on the topic of fallen star excerpts and Bell Zetifar one of my favorite Bell Zetifar moments actually is I think it was literally the first fallen star excerpt and it was like the very beginning of the book and he, him and Indira are like on some Nihil ship, whatever, doing something. I don't remember all the details, but he had this like line. I mean, it was like internal monologue, but it was him. It was from his perspective. And it was like, it's it's your turn to be too late about the Nihil because he thinks that he, if he had gotten there sooner, he would have been able to save Loden. And that literally haunted me for like, weeks after I read that excerpt I was like he literally think like he thinks that he could have saved Loden if he got there sooner and like imagine just living with that imagine just living with that and I think it makes his relationship with Indira so interesting too because like she knows she can never be Loden she can never Mm -hmm. replace him but like how do you how do you take on a Padawan who she's known for so long but like has just gone through possibly the deepest loss that any Jedi can experience. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> can experience. And I can't I can't talk about it. Keep talking and, like, though. How do you even how do you even like go from there? Especially in the rising storm when Loden is like potentially still alive and is actually still alive. How do you handle a Padawan who believes more than anything that their master is still alive when literally everyone is telling them that they're not? And like I I just think that like her character like I would love I would love like more stuff from her perspective of like because obviously it's very difficult for him to have a new master to have lost his master to be going through all this at such a young age but like how difficult is that for her to be the one who has to help him through this and know that like what can she possibly say or do that's going to alleviate any of the pain that stops age that (laughs) he's going through yeah and then like 
and then it's so hard because I feel like I feel like we saw that in the fallen star where in a way like Belle felt like he was disappointing her by not being able to like fully commit to being her Padawan especially because like it didn't really seem like it was in the cards for her to like have a pad one. She didn't have one. So like she didn't have a pad one. He didn't, she didn't want a pad one. He didn't want a new master. And even though they like each other because they've been friends for a while, you just have to like deal with that and like figure out how you shift your relationship from, from like I don't, not friends, but like some sort of like master relationship to like um like mentor mentee to like master and apprentice um I just Bell makes me want to scream because he not in a positive way um it's it's so hard because like it's you don't there's really like a character like I feel like Elzar and Avar have like big plans on like I want to save people but like Bell it's so personal in like the ways that he wants to save people um Loden uh I remember like he was on the ship with um Linda So's kid right that was Bell yes correct mm-hmm. so like he wants like he has like little kid? little gay boy kid little yeah him and his boyfriend um, <laughs> oh, love them when are they coming back so when- true when they get married in phase three when they get married in phase three and bell gets married to their wedding where is their pride variant kip and john oh my god kip and john high republic pride Pride variant win okay well it's gonna be 2024 right because that's when it's gonna come out next year yeah you're so right so what i'm saying sorry they're gonna get married in phase three and bell is gonna attend their wedding because they're gonna be like you made this possible you saved us uh, anyway, remember, remember, remember when Kip was like, "Shit, he's Bell, that Bell kid is talking to my boyfriend. Damn it, he's too hot to be doing that. I don't have a chance." Because I do, and Kevin Scott, sir, you did that for me. Obsessed with that. Um, but like, I think it's I love the like kind of the personal struggle that Bell has of like wanting so deeply to save people and I like that different like view on attachment from him that it's because I feel like a lot of times with Jedi when it comes to like issues with attachment it's often like romantic but in this case it's very much just like him caring a little bit too much about like individual people more than a like a Jedi should if they're following the code um and like seeing that struggle like not only with like Loden, but even just like yeah with like the individual people that he comes up with is I I love it I love that kind of the need and the ways in which your uh what makes you a good person can also be such a flaw the the what to help versus that being a damage to him like you know believing and wanting so badly that Loden is alive but that like emotionally stunting him so badly and then eventually leading to like yeah this idea that like oh if I had only tried harder I could have saved him I if I had continued to try to look which like really there was probably there was nothing really Bell could ever do for Loden um but yeah <laughs> I'm sorry remember in the rising storm when Elzar man fucking dragged Bell Zetafar by being like 
why are you cutting yourself off from the fours in front of yeah. like, everyone? I do remember that. I do remember that. That was so funny. And he's like, I'm not doing that. I was like, I was like, I love you so much, but like, shut up. It's also like his force retreat to be like, like, sir. Oh my god. Was Bell, I just would have been like, and why were you just on an island with Orla for so many months? Hmm? So true. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about that. I'd be like, why did I see you coming out of Samara Rowan's room at three in the morning? <laughs> when we talk about the, the High Republic being messy, another prime example of it. Literally. It's messy. High Republic phase one did something that no other Star Wars project did. And that is be messy. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Phase three, give me more. I want more of a mess. <sighs> yeah, I can't talk yeah, about Bill Settermore yeah. because I already cried. Um, and I would just say that he is a very special character to me. Um, and I never really talk about him because I literally can't, like, without crying. Um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's, it's deeply rooted in in similar trauma. But um, <laughs> anyways... He is, um, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say, except for he is the uh, only man on my top 10 Star Wars characters of all time. And I just Valid. think that's really important. <laughs> Technically, Chopper's on the list, but I do not consider him a man because he is a robot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I have feelings about that. <laughs> so anyways, also, I got dragged on the timeline yesterday by one Claire, almost said your last name again. Uh, and doxed everybody I do that sometimes um <laughs> no literally who was it Hayden did you say on the timeline yesterday that you were attracted to a piece of plastic yeah yeah no yeah, that... and, then, mm-hmm, okay. and, then I, and then I was like yeah me too girl me too I feel you all the time we see fact. each other exactly and then Claire was like I can't with you girl okay should I pull up a list of the men that you were attracted to <laughs> Okay, well, none of them are made out of plastic, so... <laughs> Excuse me, Bruce Wayne at the gala is sexy, okay? It's the hair and the cheekbones, okay? I will defend him with my life. This is why you can't take me anywhere. I'm going to <laughs> think about <laughs> Balance, what do you think about that? Okay. Okay, guys. Valance could be a robot. <laughs> no, yeah. Like a certain point, like I, yeah. The thing is, is he could be a robot. Does he have a brain or is it synthetic? Yeah. Okay, well, so the thing is, is that his, his heart his, is synthetic though, for right? now. Yeah, for now. But the whole the whole point of his arc is um, him trying to still find his humanity while he's being you know like transformed into like almost fully a robot uh-huh. and that's kind of like the struggle throughout throughout you know imperial cadet throughout target vader throughout bounty hunters and probably up until bounty hunters 30 <laughs> i'm gonna get you ethan right guys i'll read yeah. it eventually i'll read it i'm just saying smile and not read midnight horizon so i have to read bounty hunters like that was <laughs> this is true yeah there's no excuse anymore Okay, 
let's move on from Bell's Far before I actually have to like leave the podcast. Uh, the only thing I that I really have to say about Loden is uh, still one of the most haunting things that I have read in Star Wars was him getting his uh, Leku cut off. That is... Oh, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Again. No, because remember when you're like reading the Rising Storm for the first time and it's like, Valo, Jedi, yay. And like, oh my God. Page, it's like, Loden Greatstorm is chained up. His Leku's cut off. He's being like experimented on date and I was like whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Back> <laughs> remember when Mari was talking to him through the force and it was the first human voice he had heard in a year and he didn't even think it was real I can't do it anyway loaded great storm I'm so sorry Bestie. I miss you king <laughs> uh quickly on other book characters before we get in to uh our little the little comic rundown for the marvel run uh burry and nib not much to say icons (laughs) listen i am convinced that it's burry and acolyte i swear to god it's the right age it has to be burry you're so right i will have no one tell me anything different yeah but also yeah. it makes me really sad because no, I didn't see a not, body. Therefore, he is. Not I didn't dead. see a body, but it also makes me really sad that if he is not dead and he's in acolyte, that means that we do have to accept the fact that he did have to like deal with Bell's death because Bell would have just like gotten old anyway, and like so that makes me really sad. The thing is, though, is something that I find really interesting about Star Wars, and you kind of get into it with Yoda, um, is that these characters, these species who live a very long time, like, mm-hmm. process grief dis- differently, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. like yeah. Yuri is relatively young in, um, like, he's, like, 95, but he's, like, a Gone teenager mentally yeah. in, in the High Republic. And so when he, like, you know, when he stumbles upon nib's ashes because she also got leveled um she you know he was like really upset um but i think that you know moving forward it would be interesting to see more of yeah going to process that grief yeah you remember in the high republic adventures that one issue that was like farzala centric and he had that conversation with his master about like yeah no i was literally thinking about that as you were talking it's so good he's like i've had to watch like my padawans grow grow up and then grow old and die and like it'll happen to you too but yeah yeah Yeah. that was like remember like he literally got (laughs) murdered by roshan (laughs) ro that was so out of pocket too (laughs) that was no one was expecting that Like, the fact that Burry, like, the people, because of how old he is, he's, like, mentally a teenager, but, like, that means the people, like, he's been, he was, like, younglings with have already grown up and, and, oh, you know, are, are, have their own Padawans, like, like, he'll watch Belle and, like, all of them have Padawans and then watch those Padawans grow up and still be, like, just probably, like, knighted or... I love I love Burry though. Uh, he's not dead because yeah. he, he can't be. Um, uh, with that, we'll do a quick uh, rundown on the Marvel characters, the bigger ones, which is Keeve, Skier, and then uh, Sarek, Sarek, and Tarek. 
I always mess their names up, but I think I got it. Keith Trennis. Keith Keith Trennis. The love of my life. I, when I reread the higher public title for this episode, I forgot how much I loved her. I forgot how good of a character and how good her arc is throughout the series. Like I, uh, you, you, you go ahead, Sage, go, go ahead. No, you know, she's just, she has this like, first it's her master and apprentice relationship with Skier, right? And I I hate to talk about a woman only in relation to the men in, in her life, but that like truly the way that they started that comic with her mm-hmm. being knighted and, and you would think like, right, when you are knighted as a Padawan, you are separated from your master for the first time in years and it is time to go on your own, except now something has happened in the galaxy that has put them back together right and and they skier and he spend a lot of the the run the entire 15 issues or whatever together um and he is still like a huge part of her life uh and like he is the one she goes to when she's in trouble when she needs help um and I think that it's a really interesting comparison for um a master who stays with or a padawan who stays with a master uh it's an interesting comparison to obi-wan and anakin because anakin also stays with obi-wan because of the circumstances of the galaxy at the time it's very similar in the structure however we can see how um Kiev can last on her own she's a completely independent person she just has this relation especially after skier is no longer allowed to be a jedi ava chris curly that was a moment you had a moment um I forgive you for it <laughs> because in some way she was correct but oh man anyways but like when he was no could no longer practice as a Jedi she Keith went off she went and did her thing with um with Avar she was able to take on the role as somebody who is who as somebody who is like the confidant right like she is she plays mm-hmm. this almost like master role to avar when avar is yeah. going out of control she's literally like you need to reel it in you don't need to be perfect and we can get through this together and that is something for a master to do not for a, an apprentice to do and i think that is the moment like yes keith gets knighted at the very beginning but she really doesn't start to fully understand that until she is put in a situation where she is no longer with the person that she the man that she has relied on for years and I think that was such like brilliantly brilliantly written because she never it's never like she depends on skier right it's never like oh strong woman depending on a man oh no like it's never it never had that like icky vile vibe to it it was always like oh we can see how this how this father figure in her life was really important to her and how she kept that community with him and kept that relationship with him until she no longer could do that and then she took what she knew from that and was able to apply it to a relationship where somebody else really needed her to step up into that role mm-hmm. I love her too yeah anything else on she's the just so great <laughs> she's just so great like I don't even have like 
words for her because I think that I'm I'm the same way like whenever I reread the higher public or just like think about her I'm like man I just love her and I feel like I don't talk about her enough but like I genuinely just think that like she was so well written in that run that I don't feel the need to like go in and be like oh here are like a million things about her character because it's it's all just right there like she is Mm -hmm. so well written in the sense that like anyone reading that comic understands what her arc is supposed to be because I think that sometimes there are characters where like they have a really good story arc but you kind of have to like dig for it like I'll like I'll be like oh I love this character because of x y and z and people are like oh I never really thought about it like that which is cool on its own because then you get to like have these kind of discussions but with Keeve it really is right there for you and I think that that's also very important especially like having her be a younger protagonist of this of the main comic series of the phase it's important that like we understand what's going on in her mind and we understand like where she started where she's going and where she ends in terms of like phase one and I need to know what she's going to do in phase three because I love her in phase three she becomes part of the lost 20 stop oh one day one time no she doesn't very early on me and Claire literally sat for like five hours on a zoom call like searching it was like 2 a.m because I had to get on a plane at like 7 the next morning but we were on the lost 20 like wikipedia and like watching like clips and pulling out like dooku jedi lost like everything trying to find how she could have joined the lost 20 I the only thing I want to say is I love it when characters hair changes to reflect their changing character and I like how they did that with Keith how like as she mm-hmm. like grows then her hair changes I just think that's a cool little thing especially in a, a, a visual media like a comic um it's a really cool like indicator of like character growth and change mm-hmm. when and a girl boss gets a haircut when so a girl boss true. gets a haircut what is what is Avar gonna get her you know the the wolf cut or like oh the, my the god bangs. so true don't talk to me right now <laughs> when, when Q showed up with her little mohawk like <laughs> it's yeah, so serious so true <laughs> when Avar gets banged when Avar gets banged you know it's over for the galaxy oh no. yeah oh no the Nihil <laughs> they don't exist Mm-mm. the leveler the levelers didn't level. <laughs> <laughs> Avar gets uh, banged no, I hope nobody, I hope none of the artists are listening to this right now because if you save Avar Chris Bangs in phase three, I will not be reading. I will not be reading. Um, and the only other thing that I have to say on these comics is I think a lot about that NSFW art that I saw one time of Skier and Orla. <laughs> what? So I have a lot of... <laughs> What are you it is about? unfortunately canon. It is unfortunately. canon. I, I did the art. <laughs> when I saw that panel again, I felt like I was just slapped across the face. It's like they just fully admitted to exploring each other's bodies in the middle of a battle. Like, good, good for I don't even her, have I words guess. for that. It's just messy. No. It's messy. Listen, I'm only going to say it once. I'm with Orla on this one, guys. Claire. I get it, girl. Okay. Claire. 
Claire. Okay, but what if I kind of agree with you? I'm looking exactly. at pictures. I'm, looking I'm literally at, right. You know, I'm, I'm looking at pictures right. of Skier right now, and I'm like, no, you're no, right. I, no, you're right. I listened to Tempest Runner, okay? So I okay. listened to Tempest Runner, and I, I agree, Orla. I Tempest Runner? Hey, remember oh, when no. Keeve and Skier were in Tempest Runner? She's I in Tempest Runner. True. Oh. For like oh 0.2 God, yeah. seconds. That was yeah. li- like literally that their appearance in Tempest Runner. Like I already loved them before that, but that was what made me be like, oh my god, I'm literally obsessed with these guys. So good. Remember when? Fun fact: when- I listened to Tempest Runner a good 36 hours before Fallen Star came out. Ooh. I I would say it was a waste of time, but not productive. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Sage. No, I was just gonna say. Remember when when Avar was like, "Oh my God, Avar is so hot in this panel, guys." It's that one. My favorite picture of her. That is yeah. my favorite picture of her. Yeah. So good. Oh, so. Oh my God, this woman. <gasps> if her and Lorna would have just kissed instead of fighting, like you're so right, it would have decanonized the entirety of Star Wars because nothing bad would have ever yeah. happened again. Talking about Keeve, mm-hmm. real quick for five seconds. Remember when she like hugged this kid and used her lightsaber? That is my favorite yes. panel yes. out of the entire series. Because because she. Gosh, I just love when women actually act like women in comics. I'm sorry, they're yeah. right. Couldn't that be Claire, is... but <laughs> what? what you hate children? <gasps> this is true. yeah. I told you. No, because who was possessed to draw that is the thing. Can you send that to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, like no, guys. I mean, I sorry to bring up something up so foul and disgusting but it came into my brain and if I don't say it I'm gonna like oh, pass no. away gonna say remember when Lorna D and Pam Ada no uh, you see Lorna D is a lesbian I never so wanted to die so bad that, that was compet <laughs> that was compet you're compet. so right oh my god remember when panada died me too that was great remember when he did it like yeah <laughs> actually i do because i hated every second when they were like he's back i was like i'm like get him out of here <laughs> i'm like can he not be can he not be back <laughs> can See, he reading that die? scene with him and lorna was so difficult for me because on the one hand she was like so sexy in that scene but on the other hand she was talking to pan ada (laughs) what is is that when you search just orla and scare like you guys are one of the top like that's so bad (laughs) i can't keep doing this i just remember lorna was like i it was when they were talking about killing Martian Rowe and Pan Ada was like, can I at least like watch LOL? And she was like, I'll let you lick the knife. If she wasn't talking to Pan Ada in that moment, it would have slayed. She wasn't talking. <laughs> what did matter? Sage is having a moment. Because of the art knife. Yeah. I oh can't God. do it. Okay, I get it. No, yeah, I Yeah, I mean, that art kind of like... Oh my god. Um okay, one, this is just really good art. Like look it's at the really good. I love that artist. Like, they were the really one good. um 
um they did the big like picture where it's like all of the star wars like women yeah um and i cried because they put Jin and Lyra together with the picture of the death star blowing up but it's really good art <laughs> uh speaking of orla i feel like it's she's so a good also, I'll buy it. Buy one. I literally I'll think buy, I'm gonna buy it. One. Oh my god. Oh. I cannot um, with you two. You guys look at shows that are we're wrong. Yes, I am. Um see, I'm actually I'm choosing not to look at it in more detail because if I do, then I'll remember that I actually like am asexual and like don't <laughs> want to have sex with anyone actually <laughs> like, <laughs> like in theory I'm like yeah I would absolutely hook up with Skier from the High Republic <laughs> look maybe maybe we're all monster fuckers a little bit just a little okay you know what Let, I'm gonna be so real speaking of being monster, remember that cover of Eye of the Storm I apparently forget completely forgot that Marcian Rowe was a character because I did not write him down as a character to discuss. Yes, you should. <laughs> I just was like, I, was I don't like, have anything to say like, about him other than like, unfortunately, there's no villain I in this series. Think okay. he's hot, but Claire. something. something no, 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 no. Okay, one, you're right. Two, guys. Remember that cover of I think it was High Republic 13 with Lorna D. Where she still had the tongue. A lightsaber. No. Oh, the variant. No. The variant. No. No, they, they had to go back and edit it. Had to edit it out. Why did they edit Rest it out? Rest in peace. Yeah. Bring back the tongue. Version. Bring back the tongue. Oh my god. Let her. Let her be unhinged. <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh my god. Anyway. So surprise. Editor Emily here to say that this is actually going to be a two-part episode, and we are going to end part one here, and then next week it'll be part two, which will cover the young adult, middle grade, and High Republic adventure characters. Please make sure that you follow Claire and Sage across their social medias, and please check out their podcast, Fulcrum Transmissions. It is amazing. Make sure to follow us at all of our social medias. Uh, ask us questions please remember we love questions we love answering them so you can submit them to our email or on twitter uh thank you guys so much for listening and may the force be with you